Steve Rode and Damon Day are coming at you fast, getting you out of debt with their true romance. Steve's the ying to Damon's yang, and they are here to save the day. A couple debt superheroes, Steve and Damon, coming your way. Hi, this is Steve Rode, your Get Out of Debt guy from GetOutOfDebt.org. Here's the latest practical money, credit, and debt advice to help you enjoy life more. There's Are the, we done with the show yet? The, <laughs> if people only knew all the crap that goes into just trying to get this done. All right. Yeah. Let's just do it. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're listening to another Get Out of Debt Guy show with Damon Day here, of course. If you need to find Damon, uh, you can find him at DamonDay.com. Hey, Damon. Hey, Steve. What's the haps? Well, you know, we got all sorts of tools to play play with here, and uh, I've got all sorts of audio clips of you. This is one of my favorites. Why was I okay yesterday? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now we are going to do another show. Blah, That's blah, what we're blah, here blah, for. Blah, 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 oh, you know, I didn't even get to share with you my. Uh... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I got that for Christmas. That's why my... Steve, Steve has his fingers on some fancy buttons. So yeah, whenever so you hear a... me interject with something weird, it won't be me. It'll be Steve hitting his buttons. Yeah, no, no. But look, see, this is my stocking stuff for Christmas time. My my grandma gave me a, a little like golf caddy thing that like holds holds a beer or soda or whatever and you yeah. know it just it, and it clips on my golf bag, but it pushes a button and it has different sayings and my favorite one is, "Let the big dog eat." It's <gasps> <laughs> 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 <This> outrageous. <laughs> wait wait I got uh, this. Here's my other favorite uh, Damon sound from today. Whistling Dixie bitches. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> great that's awesome yeah we'll see that's what happens when uh i have a little bit more technical control over the computer than you do i get to play with all these i didn't know we were recording at the time you didn't i did not i should have i should have been aware but i was not well 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 (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome you're in trouble now (laughs) so so uh let me uh, actually queue up we're going to talk about Three things. We're going to try to do them quickly. We're going to try to get the information out there and uh, get this show on the road. Oh, I didn't even realize that. That's kind of cute. Show on the road. I guess that's our new uh, slogan. Yeah, listen to Steve, the show on the road. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Steve? what's on your shirt? Do you like dribble your coffee on your shirt? Look at your shoulder. Oh, or no. is that lint? That's my headphone falling. That's the, the pads on the headphones are falling apart. Well, that might be an indicator that they're I in need a, of uh, I replacement. I ordered new ones. See, what people, see, Damon and I can see each other while we're doing this. So while we're talking about visual things, yeah, this is these, uh, I went to order new headphones, all right? And I've had these headphones for like a decade. And so I went up on Amazon and I was looking for new headphones. And apparently these are still like state-of-the-art studio headphones. So I just said, ah, screw it. I just ordered uh, new headphone muffs i yeah. got you beat yeah you i got, got your these, david clark oh, i guess we're not on camera here but yeah, yeah i got these from my 
my grandfather. Uh-huh. So I don't know how old they are, but they were plugged into his record player at his house. And these are David Clark Company Incorporated. Yeah, they Worc- make... Worcester, Massachusetts. Clark. They make uh, aviation headsets. Is there, there... Well, That's what these look like. They yeah. look like aviation headsets. Yeah, it just has a mic boom on it, and uh, you still use them in the plane these days. Yeah, and these aren't even falling apart like your cheapies. <laughs> they don't make stuff like this anymore. It's quality. So, are we doing a debt show? What are we doing? Yeah, we're doing a debt show. I got uh, one, two, three, four things to talk about. On Uh, the road. On the road. Steve and Damon on the road. Actually, it should be Damon and Steve road on the road. (laughs) No, we're going to work on that later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please send all sample names to Damon because I'm not going to deal with it. Well, I'm on the road all the time, so actually we might be able to work with that. Yeah, our last show was all about the the trailer. How did the trailer work for you on that last trip? It was your maiden voyage. It worked awesome. We loved it. Worked great. I'm glad you were able to get back in your parking spot. Yeah, barely. I thought for I sure you were going to... much room. Yeah, I thought oh, you're... Damon's holding up his fingers. and <laughs> 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 This is radio. Radio, radio. <laughs> I got a face for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I always tell people I got a voice made for TV. <laughs> All right, so quick things here. Now, what, what people also don't know is none of this is a surprise to you and me because we did this whole show yesterday and the recording failed. So, <laughs> yeah, and 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 the show sucked yesterday. So I hope it turns out better today. Talk about doing the show before the show. This is our second attempt, so it's going to be second rate. No, actually, the show yesterday was worse. But the same problem still exists that we solved yesterday. Yeah, we're going to be awesome today. Yeah, what problems are we solving today, Steve? Well. That's crazy. That's that's insane. Oh, my God. This is so f- <laughs> <laughs> I think it, we're losing our audience by the minute. You know, like, we don't have that much. It's going get thick real quick. Yeah, well. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about something. There we go. Uh, first, I want to talk about the Inspector General report that came out Department of Education. The Inspector General found that uh, the Department of Education is doing a really crappy job in supervising their collectors, their servicers, the people they hire to manage student loan payments. The Inspector General found a bunch of crap and found this to start with. The U.S. Department of Education's independent watchdog issued a scathing new report today. It says the department's student loan unit failed to protect borrowers from the companies it pays to manage federal student loans. You know, I suppose the Department of Education is paying companies to... uh, Where'd you go? (laughs) I should be back. You vanished on me there for a second. I was on the wrong camera. I had to switch cameras. Oh. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> I was watching you there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the Department of Education hires companies to collect, and yet they also expect them to give good advice. The Inspector General finds that the companies are not giving good advice and, in fact, putting student federal student loan debtors into a bigger hole and, for example, enrolling them in forbearance instead of recommending income-driven repayment plans that might benefit them. That can't come as any shock to you. No, we've been saying that for years. 
And Seth Frotman used to be the guy at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that oversaw uh, student loan servicing and the problems that went with it. Uh, Seth was probably the guy that did a lot of research that led to the CFPB suing Navient for just being crappy uh, uh, servicers and giving bad advice. Seth is now not with the CFPB anymore, but he doesn't find any of this to be surprising. It's hard to look at this as anything other than completely damning. The inspector general reviewed the department's oversight records from 2015 through September 2017, covering two administrations. Among the findings, servicers failed to tell borrowers about their repayment options and sometimes steered them into forbearance. They even miscalculated what borrowers should have to repay. So the big problem here is that Everyone says, don't go to a student loan assistance company. I mean, there are problems there. We know that. But instead, you need to go talk to your servicer for help with your student loans. And the servicers are doing a horrible job. <laughs> it's very hard to give advice when there's not a very good option where you got option A, talk to a servicer. Option B, talk to a student loan company. I mean, it's easy to say, you know, talk to somebody that's more independent, but uh there's just not very many people out there that you can go to and just get some good, straightforward advice. It just doesn't really exist that um, that much. I mean, I do it, but then I would just be, you know, plugging my own show here. <laughs> That's right. Well, here's the, here's the circle that people are in. They contact uh, uh, their student loan servicer. They are told, hey, you need to go in forbearance. There are really no other options for you. Um, on our debt support group meeting that we had online yesterday, we had a guy that uh, apparently was never even told about rehabilitating his student loans in default and ended up getting a wage garnishment. So you're, you're turning to the people who you think are going to give you some good advice. I think ultimately the only thing that consumers can do uh, is go to, uh, was it studentaid.ed.gov, uh, which is the Department of Education site that talks about repayment plans and options and stuff. And do your own research. I mean, in fact, Damon has been on a three-way call with a department of uh, one of the servicers when he brought up the fact, isn't that the way it went? You brought up the fact that the servicer was giving incorrect advice and they wanted you off the phone? Yeah, but I mean, I did it in a very nice way. I wasn't like, no, you're wrong. Essentially, what I'm trying to remember the situation, but I, was, I had my client on the line with me and we called the servicer together. And I, I'm trying to remember, I think... I, I think we wanted to put the account on forbearance. I'm, I remember we wanted to put the account on forbearance because, you know, when I work with a client, we come up with an overall financial plan and the strategy. It's not just how, do, you know, do we put your student loans on a payment plan or not? It's like, let's look at your overall situation and come up with a strategy. And for that particular client, it actually made sense to put her federal loans on forbearance for a little bit because she had some other debt issues that were um, draining her cash flow that we could clear up fairly quickly within a year. And if we could use that extra cash in the short term um, that she was given to that federal loan, we can clear up a lot of those other obligations and then reshift our focus to then really paying down that, that federal loan. Um, and so that was the plan. So we called, we just wanted to get a forbearance and the rep started to, to, you know, talk about how, well, that's not a good option and da, 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 da. And I would say, well, yeah, a forbearance just for the sake of forbearance is probably not a good option, but there's a specific reason we want it and yada, yada, yada. And this rep kept pushing, no, 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 she needs to, you know, we need to get her income. We need to get her on an IBR. She needs to get on a payment plan, yada, yada, yada. And it came to the point where the rep went so far as to say to my client, like, hey, this guy's giving you bad advice. You should hang up the phone and you should call us back directly with him, not on the phone, 
so we could get you signed up in a repayment plan. And and I, the, the whole thing was very frustrating to me, but you know, we hung up. I was on the phone with the client. I said, well, it's, it's your money. It's your life. What do you want to do? You know, do you, you want to follow my advice or you want to follow their advice? She goes, oh, no, we're doing the forbearance. I want to do your plan. <laughs> but but the whole problem with that, that whole exercise was kind of like, well, what if she was just on the phone with the servicer directly without you know having a plan, just trying to get advice? And this lady, this rep was just pushing you know, this payment plan that was not in her best interest. But that's not their job. The, the, the federal student loan servicers, the private student loan servicers, their job is not to help you craft a plan to solve your problem. That's not what they're there for. So calling them for advice, while probably better than calling the student loan debt relief company for advice, is still usually going to end in a train wreck. Yeah, yep. I agree. Well, the Department of Education disagrees with, with the report and says basically that... Uh, their services are doing a perfectly good job, and they say there's no problem. In a statement, the Education Department's press secretary, Liz Hill, says that the department fundamentally disagrees with the assertion that we do not have processes and procedures in place to ensure loan servicers provide high-quality, compliant service to borrowers. Yeah, the last thing i got to say about this is the Department of Education is hiring companies to provide both good advice about someone's financial situation and maximally collect on the debt. It seems like it's, you know, trying to do two things that are polar opposites. Well, they're not hiring anybody to provide good advice. In fact, the servicers themselves have admitted that their job is not to provide good advice. You know, when they were getting sued for providing bad advice, their defense was, we're not providing advice. Right. <laughs> so that's not what they're there for. <laughs> we're not supposed to provide that. Yeah, but if you want advice, call us, but we're not supposed to give it to you. Right. And the CFPB says you need to contact your server so you do, so you don't get scammed, but we're suing them because they get bad advice. It's it's a complete circle. There's no win there. All so right. call somebody that can give you good advice. That's yeah. that's the solution. The 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 difficult part is to find somebody that can give you good advice. Yeah, I know. So it's hopeless right now. Hopefully things will change in the future. So let's move nope. on to talk. Yeah, I know. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, Steve? How long have you been on this planet? I know. Come on now. I know. If things change in the future, I'm just going to be like. <gasps> so let's talk about Argosy University. Argosy University uh, is a, another for-profit university. It's part of a group of others that are having severe financial problems. Students at Argosy University have worked for years toward their degrees, but now their school can't pay its bills. It's under court-ordered receivership, leaving students without access to thousands in financial aid. The Washington Post reports students across the country are waiting for about $13 million in federal financial aid sent to Argosy, but then not sent to the students. In a lot of uh, financial aid packages, the student is taking out a loan, the tuition is paid out of it, and then the college gives the student the money that's left over. They use that for rent, mortgage, transportation, food, all that other stuff, so they can get by. The only thing that's really happening here is their loans are getting higher and higher for things that they've consumed and used in the past. It's, it's a mess. But Argosy University, along with others like ITT, Corinthian, Education Corporation of America, this is just another in – they haven't failed yet, but it's certainly every tea leave out there – uh, leaf out there is showing that they're going to go under. That's my prediction. So students are going to be left with all this debt from school 
and no degree if the school closes. If you have federal financial loans, federal student loans, there is something called a closed school discharge that you should look into. If you have private student loans, you're scarooed because there's nothing you can do to get out of those loans. Well, you're not scarooed. What are you? Well, uh, there's still options you have. You just you can't file a paper and hope they magically go away, but there's still some options for you. Whistling Dixie, bitches. Yeah, uh, no thanks. Dude, you're making me spit my coffee all over my keyboard. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the problem is that the you can have your federal student loans forgiven if your school closes. There are some very strict guidelines. You, you have to be enrolled at school. You have to have not withdrawn more than 120 days. The school can't have an alternative plan on how you can complete your degree. If you're going to one of these schools, like right now Argosy or Art Institutes is a part of the same company, I would suggest that you talk to some local colleges that might may have programs that you're in and see if they will accept any of your credits if you have to transfer later. This doesn't mean that you need to leap and transfer now, but you need a game plan because when these schools close, they just generally, you go to class and the doors are locked. It's a big surprise. Yeah, and I think um, I'm getting a little confused because I'm trying to remember we talked about all of this yesterday, so <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember, wait a minute, was this on a previous show or was this on the unaired show and I need to repeat myself? But I believe um, I wanted to point out, and I think I did yesterday, that... Um, Brilliantly, uh, by the a, way. Yeah, but it's important that uh, one of the one of the uh, qualifications for this closed school discharge is um, it, it won't work if you went to the school five years ago and then they closed now. It's not going to work. You have to be enrolled, um, or I think within um, within 120 days, right? Yeah, of the school closing. Yeah. So and, it, it and won't, you, like if you went to that school five years ago, it's not going to work for you. No. And brilliantly, again, yesterday you pointed out that if the school closes, you are ineligible for a closed school discharge if you go back to school at another school. Yeah, so it wouldn't, didn't you have to wait like three years before you could re-enroll in another school and then still get this yeah. discharge? Yep. And and then the other thing I pointed out, which was even more brilliant yesterday, was <laughs> that if, you know, like in a case like this, where if it looks like the school's about to close, maybe you attended the school five years ago and now you've got $50,000 in loans and you wish you never attended and you're trying to figure out a solution. Well, if you don't qualify for this closed school discharge, unless you're enrolled at the time of the school's closing, I thought to myself, well, what if you just went and re-enrolled at the school now and got in before they closed? So then you are technically enrolled at the school when they closed. Now, I don't know if that's going to work or not, but what do you got to lose? Yeah, I've never heard of anybody doing that, but uh, if anybody does, please let me know. I'd like to know the answer yeah. to that. Yeah, so what was the name of that school? Argosy University, A-R-G-O-S-Y. Yeah. Okay, well, so if you went there in the past and you didn't like the education you got or you, you yeah. didn't complete it or whatever. Yeah, beat your feet and, back there. <laughs> and you've got all these federal loans from that school. Why don't you look into some underwater basket weaving classes at this, <laughs> at this university right now and just kind of hang out and see if they close and then you maybe get lucky. You know, what do you got to lose? Well, we're not the only ones worried about the school closing. Financially struggling uh, is a good characterization. Um, they are still open. Minnesota's Higher Education Commissioner, Dennis Olson, says the state is closely monitoring the situation. Closing the doors is certainly a concern. An abrupt closure uh, would be the worst case scenario for students. You know, students who are attending now are concerned about 
all the money they're owed. Now, when this first came out, the receiver took over for Argosy University because they were having problems. The initial impression was Department of Education gave the student loan money to the school. The school did not give it to the students. Uh, What has come out since is the school is in such dire financial shape, they could not front the money the students were owed to be reimbursed by the Department of Education. Department of Education has since said that they are willing to forgive the $13 million that was not given to the school. I don't know how that's a big deal. (laughs) We didn't give you this money. We're going to forgive that. (laughs) Well, well, and plus I picked up on a couple of key words there. One was receiver. And how many times in history can you remember when the word, you know, receiver has stepped in was, you know, was used where that school then ended up turning out okay and didn't close. Um, No, I mean, the last one, which was what a month or two ago was education corporation of America and receiver stepped in and just found a huge mess and, I mean, thing closed almost instantly. Yeah. So when is the receiver stepped in and went, Oh, my bad. Yeah. This, this place is doing awesome. They got plenty of money. <laughs> well, one of the, one of the reasons why the receivers step in, it was, they were requested by the school or their creditors in this case is the schools don't want to go bankrupt, uh, which they might actually be because they don't want to lose access to their federal financial aid money that they're using to survive on. So it's a stopgap measure, and everyone hopes that it works, but we shall see. Now, students that are owed the money, as I said before, are depending on this money for rent, mortgage, food, you know, all that sort of stuff, and they wonder where their money is. How much money are you owed right now? Uh, about $10,000. It's very stressful. How much money are you owed? Uh, right now, the balance on my student account is about six or 7000 Yeah, you know, that one just concerns me a little bit, because if uh, somebody owes me six or seven thousand i'd look into it a little bit closer and figure out hey exactly what are the numbers well the thing with this is i'm just going to kind of flip it on its head where you know these people are saying they're they're owed this money but this was just a loan and the way i look at it that you know they they dodged a bullet here because we're talking about you know this money is supposed to come to them so they can give it to the school or pay for books or tuition or whatever it is they're going to pay for this university is probably going down the tubes so it actually was a, a blessing, in my opinion, to them to not get that money, which they would then have to pay back on a degree they might not ever get because the school had the receiver step in recently. So, <laughs> you know, it's probably better that you didn't get that money. Algebraic! Slam a cow! Wishing Dixie. Let's see. Shit is going to hit the fucking fan. <laughs> well, that, isn't that a true statement about Argosy University? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, things don't get any better. Dad, where's my anus? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Hey, car loans are going past due. I know that's shocking, right? Um, Everything's going past due, but th- there's no recession on the horizon. No. Uh, some people are really, really worried. They've heard in the news car loans are going significantly past due. And uh, the article says more than 7 million car loans were past due by at least 90 days in, for- in the fourth quarter. According to a data... Uh, hold on. Let me just figure out what the f*** this guy's saying because this is worded really uh, odd compared to... More than 7 million car loans were past due by at least 90 days in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so 
what's happening is the economy is going really well. Unemployment's low. Uh, so you get a lot of lenders that get greedy at times like this. It's happened every cycle that we've been in. And they start extending credit out to people who otherwise wouldn't have access. I mean, there's subprime credit, and now we have below subprime credit. And it's those people that are defaulting. Yeah, and I just want to be clear. When I said there is no recession on the horizon, my my voice was thick with sarcasm. That came through the mic, right? I, I think so. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, just because somebody will approve you for a loan doesn't mean that you can afford it. This is you know, wisdom that goes in every part of your life. Just because a lender will approve you doesn't mean you can afford it. So if you have lenders out there that are extending loans to people who are less and less qualified, um, just because they are willing to give you a loan, you shouldn't get it. Now, this guy uh, that I found online, Mr. That's crazy. That's that's insane. Oh my God, this is so f- <laughs> He had this There's advice. There's an easy way to avoid this, and it's called buying a f- secondhand car. I know people don't like it, and I know people like, you know, why put your money into a money pit? But the fact of the matter is, if you buy a car like a Honda or something like that, you don't need to own an Audi or a BMW or a Mercedes or any of that, okay? If you buy a Honda, chances are you can fix it. And you know why, Damon? Hondas are the easiest cars to work on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> This show's never going mainstream. <laughs> of course, this is the thing. This is the same guy that said uh, people are just not. People have given up paying on them. Okay, you know why? Because these are usually adjustable rate mortgages. No, they're car loans. <laughs> no, they're adjustable rate mortgages. <laughs> well, and also he turned to his friend for advice. I worked with a guy named John at my last job, and uh, I learned this through him one day. And um, I was talking to him just b-ing him because I, I was like, you know, I, I had some credit card debt, and I was talking to him and asking him how to get out of it, and he didn't have an answer for me. And uh, the reason he didn't have an answer for me is because he said he had four credit cards maxed out. <sighs> well, as as we have proven, anybody can say anything on the internet. That's make right. It right. <laughs> Somebody out there is listening to him. I mean, you know, believing what he's saying. We're listening. All right, 40 million Americans are expected to miss a credit card payment this year, according to a recent survey. Found that 16% of people who responded said they expect to miss at least one or more credit card payments in 2019. Oh, am I supposed to respond? I mean, are you shocked by that? No. No. Okay, next. Has there been anything new on your horizon this week? Uh, no. Uh, we had a, a question last night in the uh, online debt support group thing that we did. Whatever that was called. The debt support uh, group thing. That's what it was called. The debt, we called it a debt whatever meeting. The debt whatever meeting. Cause we, that's, how, that's how creative we are. Yeah, we couldn't come up with a better name. Um, and one of the people was talking about what to do when they have a judgment that resurfaces years later. Right, she had run. it. <laughs> she was uh, sued by Discover apparently years ago, and it didn't sound like she tried to defend it at all. And she got a judgment against her for the debt, and then that was sold on years later. And they're trying to collect again. If you run into any sort of problems, like you are sued by one of your creditors, I don't know how to express clearly enough that you should seek good, competent advice. 
You can find an attorney who is licensed in your state and talk to him about the situation. The last thing you want to do is do nothing because you're going to lose and the creditor is going to get a judgment and they may even come and try to garnish your wages. So do something. Even filing bankruptcy uh, will kill that judgment, kill the issue from the creditor. It's certainly something to look into, but doing nothing leads to no good. Yeah, the, you know, the system runs on defaults. You know, that's what they look for, and that makes it a lot easier for them. So especially like in the, in the case of the, um, the well, I, I don't want to say caller because they weren't callers, but the, the attendee to the webinar, um, you know, she already had a judgment. So she'd already gotten to the point where it was, you know, sued, probably a default judgment. And at that point, if you continue to ignore it, what will happen is one day you'll wake up and you'll get a, a, you know, a zero balance in your bank account and find out that they put a lien on the account or, um, or, or uh, you know, levy the bank account. I mean, and then, or you could, you know, go into work one day and your employer says, oh, I'm sorry, I got this letter and we're going to have to start garnishing, you know, 25% of your disposable income or whatever it is. And at that point, it makes it, you could still even resolve it at that point. But if you can catch it before it gets there, it's usually a lot easier to get some kind of a resolution because if they have a judgment and they have a willingness to uh, exercise that judgment, they can make your life miserable. Yeah, they got the power of the law behind them. And the other thing too is that if you do face the situation, you have a judgment against you, now they're coming after you for payment. That doesn't mean that there's still not a window of opportunity there that you can negotiate with them, maybe even settle the debt for less than you owe. Yeah, you can you can offer a settlement. You can you know offer a payment plan. Um, they're usually fairly willing to work something out um, because you know they're just pushing papers through and checking boxes. And anytime they can voluntarily collect money, it's a lot easier than trying to proactively go after money that a client. You know, in some cases, the consumer might not. Ha- you know, be in a situation where they can readily access their money. So um, usually in my experience, I've found that um, even when you think, oh, okay, they've got a judgment, they've got a wage garnishment, they're not going to want to deal with me. Surprisingly, oftentimes they still will um, because, you know, especially if it's a settlement situation, because, you know, money now to them is better than a wage garnishment over the next four years or whatever it's going to be. Damon, we've reached the end. This is the end Great. of another. <laughs> I know you're happy about that. <laughs> It's the end of another illustrious talk. Well, we've uh, finally completed another Get Out That Guy show. So we don't if... know that for sure. You haven't checked the recordings. <laughs> I'm not doing it a third time. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, if if one of us didn't get recorded this time, then this show is not meant to be. No, no that's for sure. Uh, if if we don't get the recording, I am just I'm going to be just pissed. Okay, so the way that you can reach Damon is going to DamonDay.com. The way you can reach me is by going to this is Steve, is getoutofdebt.org, and um, you can ask us any questions there. Damon, any Play the taps. Words? Play the taps? Send us out with taps. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God this show is free. That's all I got <laughs> Somewhere, somebody is looking at their podcast device right now, just trying to say to themselves, why did I subscribe? (laughs) Things are going to get thick real quick. (laughs) That has to be my favorite. There, now we're talking my language, bro. (laughs) 
That's crazy. That's that's insane. Oh my god, this is so. <laughs> <laughs> this is Steve Rode, your get out of deck guy. If you want more advice or you want some free help, be sure to visit me at the getoutofdebt.org website. And while you're at the site, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for even more practical tips and advice. Hey, this is Steve Rode. If you've got a question you'd like to ask on the Get Out of Debt Guy show, hey, just call and leave us a voicemail. It's simple. 919-391-7976. 919-391-7976. Don't be afraid to leave us a message and we'll answer it on the podcast. Suck it up. Wow.